Welcome to the Digital Week. I'm Monica Brandley, and I'm here today with my friend, Professor Michael Roseman. Monica, lovely to see you again. You look stunning like always. Oh, Michael, thank you very much. Stunning. I've just had another one of those extraordinary weeks where we've dashed through digital identity, ocular rift glasses and their use in mining and energy, you know, augmented reality and how that might be used in entertainment, but also education. And then we finished the week with working with some fascinating groups in regional and rural Australia about how to grow entrepreneurship in the digital economy. It sounds like an exciting week in your life. Monica, which of those did you enjoy most? Oh, Michael, I enjoyed all of them. You know, we have these extraordinary roles and you're the same. I mean, you're much more on the international scene. But for me, it's about how are we using the opportunities that exist in the digital economy to really make step change. Um, You know, we are privileged in that we are living and working every day in the outlying areas, stretching mindsets, creating new realities that don't exist. So who wouldn't be excited? Indeed. Well, some people get excited about what other people believe are small steps. So I was recently in Frankfurt at a banking conference, um, in Melbourne at a conference where we talked about improving universities to industry sectors facing disruption. And on stage, a lot of presentations talked about automating and incrementally improving existing processes. Uh, Nevertheless, the perception was, in some cases, this is digitization and this is innovation. So do you think innovations become, you know, I mean, certainly there's there's evidence, it's the new buzzword. So I guess any change people are now doing is becoming innovation. So is there a new word then that should be used to distinguish between incremental and then step change innovation? I agree. I think innovation and digitization are two words where we don't have a shared understanding, uh, where the levels of ambitions vary dramatically. And a lot of activities that we used to sell as um, incremental improvement, as automation, are now labelled innovation and digitisation. So we here at the PwC Chair in Digital Economy uh, have a quite narrow understanding on both terms, innovation and digitisation. And uh, you might recall that um, digitisation for us is really the internet-enabled economy. Uh, the economy of people, and that digitization goes far beyond the incremental reactive automation. It's truly about creating new um, experiences. It is design intensive and typically occurs um, and is visible uh, in the eyes of the consumer. And that's pretty evident, in, you know, you know, as well as, you know, the outside work we do, of course, the inside work and the PwC chair in the digital economy is working with great existing corporates and startups about how we move people through those four steps of the full innovation cycle. So, you know, we spend a lot of time keynote speaking that raises their literacy and their understanding and, if you like, frames their mindset, I guess, for the outlying innovation, Michael? Correct. So this very first stage is what we call um, inspire, inspiration, to overcome the I don't know what I don't know. Uh, the world of automation was full of nouns. Mm. We now problems, we react, we eliminate activities that do not add value, uh, and we take out manual labor and automate steps. Uh, it was a safe, predictable, and stable world. Um, the world that we face in the digital economy is driven by opportunities, outside opportunities, and often we are not aware of them. So stage one, inspiration is crucial uh, because it uh, seeds catalyzing ideas um, in the minds and hearts of corporate players. Mm. And we had, um, well, you and I were in three different student jams and ideation sessions this week, all of slightly different ways we did them. But, you know, also the, the, the ideas that come out the end of those one and two day processes with digital natives combining with that mindset exposure to get people really to the outer limits of possibilities with innovation really are extraordinary. Absolutely. There are funny events and I I think by now we have a rich set of tools how we can ideate. 
In certain cases, an open innovation, a crowd-based innovation, um, employee ideas management, or student design gems uh, might be appropriate. And what we as a chair will investigate under what circumstances, what sort of ideation is most useful. Uh, but crucial, of course, is not just to create ideas, to nurture ideas, to grow ideas, and to test ideas. And that's what we call incubation. Yes, the incubation. And, and in fact, you know, my journeys this week with a, a number of significant corporates was in this area of how do we actually... Innovation doesn't become innovation until it delivers me value, um, which means it has to get into a marketplace or into an organisation to realise those cost savings or those new revenues or replacement. And, you know, what we're finding is there's a lot of focus um, now on actually how do we refine the process of creating those innovation sprints, if you like. So what are those innovation sprints? Uh, elaborate a bit on this. So, so how much um, do we know already about um, efficient sprints and the number of sprints needed to um, successfully incubate? Well, at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy, as you well know, we're, we're testing a number of models because we, like everyone else, are starting up and looking at what's effective. I guess the benefit of us is we have 40 different projects going on with on scale where we can get very quick responses to changes and, and innovation. So in the innovation cycle, we've got a standard process, which is really three sprints of 30 days. But once you get to the, the incubation end, we are really not ideating anymore. We are validating and testing the hypotheses of that idea. So now we are really into the business of prototyping, testing, introducing the client or the, the end user of the innovation, the product into the, to the room and really understanding deeply, does this particular innovation have real commercial value? And, and for me, the important thing when it comes to incubation is to test three elements. The first one is the whole business model. Um, how important is it that I monetize or create new revenue or consumer experiences? Um, so or social be, impact. Or social impact, yeah. So if I define my, my business metrics, um, so it doesn't need to, to lead to increased profit, but there's certain business expectation. Uh, the second one is the technology assessment. So we, at the moment, get carried away with robots and 3D printing or drones, uh, and often there's more hype than reality. Um, and it's easy to ideate an idea, but it's in that incubation stage uh, that we really go to the heart and soul of the technology and work out is this feasible today, tomorrow, or not at all. Um, and the third one is, of course, um, customer adoption. I can create a great business model, a great revenue idea, maybe the appropriate technology, but customers might not be conditioned at the moment. Google Glasses is such an example. Um, and, and so it's those three elements that are, of course, closely um, um, correlated uh, that we want to test in incubation. And for us, it's really being clear about, am I going from idea to minimal viable product? Or is this from minimal viable product for, say, a startup, right through to having a marketable go-to-market product? So the incubation, there's a lot of focus on that. We're um, raising our incubation, innovation, actual physical spaces. So the hubs that we're creating um, in the PwC network, in our own network at QT, and in partnership with some industry sectors, are now creating, if you like, the innovation factory for incubation on scale. It's very exciting, Michael. That sounds fantastic. And, and incubation is something most organizations are not used to and don't do well. Um, your perceptions, and you're close to, to the uh, broader market here in Australia, um, incubation as a service, uh, what's the kind of market potential here? The demand is quite high. You know, in the first stage, as with anything new, people are trying to say, well, we can get an advantage because we've got better people in-house. And in a lot of cases, that's true. But what we find is when they stay in their own environment, there's always competing priorities. When they come 
to a separate innovation hub, which is usually what we recommend with our client groups, is they come off site and their permanent job for that period of the sprint, whether it be 10 days, whether it be 30 days or 90 days, is purely to get this product in through its in incubation stages. And that creates, a, and they report differently. We report them under either, you know, a combination of the of PwC and the QT resources. So really we create a very different environment. And this team's job is to incubate and extract value. And, and the exciting part is that under the umbrella of the PwC chair in digital economy, we also embed digital natives. Um, so I've got true, authentic digital capabilities here and can create very diverse teams from the digital native to the academic to the PwC consultant, including external stakeholders and entrepreneurs. And our previous experience showed, has shown that it's that sort of diversity uh, that truly creates not just great ideas, uh, but also helps in the robustness and the quality of the incubation process. Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing demand, uh, significant demand for those innovation services. So in part, what we're also doing is fostering a wider network where we're helping other innovation networks to establish. So if you like, we become the, the node that helps people and broaden the impact of how many innovation labs we can do, because that's really a constraint point on Australia's economy. Absolutely. And, and a key passion for us, of course, is to a certain extent take the unpredictable creativity out of the process and increase the replicability, the predictability of innovation. And to a certain extent, due to the process of innovation, what we have done to many other processes that are maybe more transactional um, The D as word. Well. I can hear the D word coming. The D word? The D word, you know. What do you want? The disruption? D word disruption. Disruption. <laughs> well, we want to disrupt maybe innovation. So we want to uh, take innovation to the point that innovation needs to be seen as, as like a second operating system. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned the innovation factory. And, and people are often reluctant to talk about predictability, process and systems when it comes to innovation. Uh, but if you lose revenue faster, uh, then you can create new revenue. Uh, you need a system um, that is more predictable. And yes, we tolerate failure, but we want to minimize failure rate. And yes, we don't know how the future looks like, but we want to increase the extent to which we can predict the future. And this is where the PwC chair in digital economy, based on solid research, evidence and data, tries to take a bit of uncertainty out of the innovation process. And then, of course, the final step is, you know, how do we take that prototype and create value by get, landing it back into the business or into a new marketplace or matchmaking with a startup or between QWT, uh, QT and PwC, bringing it to market? So, I mean, I think the final step is also we haven't, uh, at that stage, that's our next step is to really investigate what are going to be the best ways to bring quickly this market value. And we might talk about this in um, some of our next podcasts, but, but today we covered the innovation innovation process. We talked about the need to inspire, to mm. overcome the I don't know what I don't know. We talked about the richness and the variety of tools to ideate. Uh, we talked about um, incubation, uh, what we test, and the idea of sprints. And then, of course, finally, we need to talk about um, implementing uh, and scaling uh, our ideas. Um, what do you think does it mean, the innovation process, as a new opportunity, as a new business model for students and professionals out there? Oh, there's definitely a literacy we need to raise, and this is about capability. The, what we're, the evidence we're finding is that going through the process raises capability, but it's also a process, like most things, that can be taught. Um, so, obviously, being a learning institution, one of the things we're keen on doing is creating um, some material and creating some learning opportunities through MOOCs and other varieties to get um, a course in in, you know, digital literacy and innovation to the marketplace quite quickly. That is fascinating. And I remember arriving here and, and a lot of students and talent was keen to become an, an ERP expert. 
They were keen to automate, configure, and implement transactional processes. And, and today we hear voices from the next generation of business and IT talent and that they clearly articulate. They like to become innovation specialists. Ah, oh, that job of the week. Uh, the w- job of the week. So job I think of the decade, <laughs> Probably, and a, a growing market. So we see this emerging need, but also the emerging appetite to become an innovation specialist. Uh, that might mean we, we see less and less people who want to become a business analyst, but want to become business designers. Mm, or innovation experts. I guess that's a little bit of where we spend our time. Probably. And speaking of time, ours is up. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure like always. See you next week, Monica. See you in the digital week.